Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Can Markel Fultz be that franchise playmaking guard that the 76ers need? Will Alonzo Ball bring the Lakers back to prominence? In his official rookie season, can Ben Simmons be that point guard, point forward type player that the 76ers need to complete their franchise roster? What will Jason Tatum's impact on a title contending Celtics team be? Is Dennis Smith Jr. this year's draft class Steph Curry? All this and more in episode two of Off the Glass Podcast, the rookie preview for the upcoming season. Stay tuned. This is the Off the Glass Podcast, bringing a fresh, intelligent, thought-provoking perspective to the game of basketball. I'm your host, Z. Thanks for joining me today. And on today's podcast, as I mentioned in the preview, we will be discussing the rookie class of this coming NBA season. So without further ado, let's jump right into it and let's discuss the number one overall pick, Markel Fultz, who was a one-and-done player out of the University of Washington. The 76ers made a trade with the, with the Celtics to, to acquire the number one pick. The Celtics wanted to move back a little bit. And with that number one pick, they did take Fultz, who is a – 6'3", 6'4", type of guard, has very, very good size, very good athleticism, Can plays well downhill. He's already plays well off the pick and roll, can shoot the ball from the catch and shoot pretty well. His shot is only going to get better. Um, he already has that kind of athleticism, that, that potential that can lead him to possibly be a superstar in this league. Um, you know, I was very high on Fultz. I remember first – getting a glimpse of him on YouTube because I followed the trainer where he went to high school, DeMatha. I uh, apologize to that gentleman. can't think of his name right now. But I was really impressed with how he works his players out and, and you know, Fultz's command of his footwork at an early age, his ball handling, how he already knew coming into Washington how to keep that defender on his back when he's operating off the pick and roll like you see a lot of the top point guards in today's game do and do so well. The record wasn't good in Washington. I know most people think a number one pick should probably dominate, but just a little bit different these days. Everybody's not going to come in and have that LeBron James impact. You know, we kind of forget how Kevin uh, Garnett had to kind of learn, you know, crawl before he walked. Kobe Bryant didn't necessarily take off as a Laker right away. So we just have to be patient with folks, understanding his coach handicapped him in Washington and Lorenzo Romar. He was playing two bigs on the court in a college game where you could play zone, and it constantly had the paint clogged. And he just wasn't surrounded by a great supporting cast, so that's why their record was 9-22. But I'm very high on Fultz. I love his upside. I think he has the potential to be a superstar player. I think he has the potential to be a very, very good defender because he does, like I said, have great size. So he'll be able to even guard some threes. So I'm really excited to see 
can can Fultz really give them that wing, that that point guard presence that the Sixers really need as they try to take the next step and getting back to being a respectable franchise. Next up is Lonzo Ball, the number two overall pick. He comes into the season, of course, with a lot of hype, a lot of fanfare, thanks to his dad and the big baller brand campaign and all the other shenanigans that his dad and attention been going on off the court. But, you know, just focusing on Ball as a player, you know, the first thing that you notice is that he has an exceptional high-level uh, basketball IQ. He sees the floor extremely well. He's a very unselfish player, and he passes the ball very well. And also what I like about Ball is that there's no wasted motion. You know, when he puts the ball on the floor, he's looking to attack the basket to get somewhere. If he catches the ball and he sees somebody ahead, he's throwing that hit away, that hit ahead pass uh, with precision. He did it a lot at UCLA. He did it in the summer league. And he has that kind of passing and that kind of game that also rubs off on his teammates and becomes contagious, as you can see already if you watched a little bit of Lakers summer league. Once he started passing the ball, other people started being unselfish and, and passing the ball. I think he could be a, a, a good defender. Um, he has the potential, the athleticism. He has decent size, so just like Fultz, he could possibly guard some twos and threes. Um, I've, I've heard comparisons to him to Jason Kidd, and, you know, let's just slow down a little bit, you know, just like they was comparing Fultz to McGrady. You know, let these guys kind of build their own name. The only thing him and Kidd really have in, in common is the passing ability and really the both that they're both uh, light-skinned. I mean, other than that, there is no comparison. We forget because Jay Kidd played so – you know, long at the beginning of his career, how much of a beast he was, how fast he was with the ball, changing hands. I mean, I, we look at a John Wall, you know, we look at a De'Aaron Fox that was in this draft and, you know, other players that play. Even LeBron, when he got the ball, it was scary to watch him in open court. And that's just how Jason Kidd was, you know, going back to even his days at Cal. So I just think we need to be patient with ball. I think he's one of those pieces that can help bring the Lakers back to prominence. Not quite sure um, what the future holds. I think he does have the ability to possibly be a definitely a star in his league. Um, it remains to be seen if he's that kind of franchise uh, leading player. I mean that I, I don't. He doesn't have that same. It doesn't jump off the screen the same way like Jason Kidd did, who was one of the best I ever seen to dominate the, the game without even scoring a basket or even shooting the ball. And the other thing that kind of threw up a red flag for me on ball, and I don't want to be ne super negative because these are young players. They're growing and maturing. They're only 18, 19 um, years old, was the fact that how De'Aaron Fox came at his head in the tournament, and he really just kind of withered. He didn't really go back and accept that challenge. And Fox finished with 30-some points and was able to skyrocket up the draft board. And, I mean, ball didn't fall too far. I mean, he was taking number two overall, but that was kind of – interesting and you know offered up a little bit of concern for me watching that how he was just going at his head so hard and ball just really didn't really step up and accept the challenge so can he bring him back to prominence I don't think he can single-handedly uh, I think if him and Brandon Ingram continue to grow together and they could add a couple or one you know at least one more superstar type player that's already established um, then come back to me and, and let's see what you know his, his role and all that is. But in my opinion, the jury's still out. I just think he's a, a great player, a really solid player, a good franchise-building player. So with that number two pick and being also from California, I thought the Lakers did well at that position. 
Moving on to Jason Tatum, who was the number three overall pick out of Duke, another one-and-done guy. And the Celtics has just, in the last five, seven, eight years, have just nailed it as an organization and how they were able to get those picks and really continue to build their, their team. They add Kyrie Irving. They add Gordon Haywood. Now you bring in a rookie who is super talented, has high upside. He's 6'8", long, has a wingspan that's almost about seven feet. Already at his career, he has elite-level footwork. I mean, his skill level on the offensive end is on full display. You know, the question is, as he continues to grow, he's going to get better on the offensive end. Is Can he, again, become a two-way player? Because he has the length to possibly even play some fours, depending on their size. So, you know, the sky's the limit for Jason Tatum. I love his talent. Very polished player already. Um, kind of reminds you of that old man game, that throwback kind of player, not so much far as the speed, but just to be able to operate in the mid-range game, has a series of moves, can shoot the fadeaway, the reverse spin, the reverse pivots. Like I said, his footwork is already elite-level footwork. So, you know, can he step in and help the Celtics, who's, you know, contending and trying to win a championship this year? The one-and-done guys, you never can tell, but one thing's for sure, the fact that he's so elite on offense already, I think he will, and because he's not asking to necessarily be the man over there with Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, and company, I think he can fit in, come in off the bench, really be able to focus on his offense and play a little defense, but really just give him that extra scoring punch that they need coming off the bench. So, again, I was very high on Tatum in his draft. I would probably say Tatum – and Dennis Smith Jr. and Fultz were probably the three players I was the most high on. So with, with Boston able to get him at the number three pick, I think that's great for them in, in the future bowls well uh, for Boston. Next up is Josh Jackson out of Kansas University. He was taken number four overall by the Phoenix Suns. And many people said that if he didn't have these possible character questions and off-the-court issues that he easily could have been a number one pick. I mean, he's super explosive. He's about 6'9". He can take the ball off the rebound and handle the ball in open court. Has that type of coast-to-coast ability, can play make. He's a great rebounder. If you watched him in summer league, his motor was, was unbelievable. He was able to just keep coming, keep coming, crashing the offensive boards. The obvious weakness, of course, is his jump shot and you know, he already kind of shoots it with a hitch. So it's going to be interesting to see who they're going to have working with him on his jump shot in Phoenix. And is that something that he can continue to improve? Because if he can get a consistent knockdown jump shot and possibly even stretch it out to the three-point line, be that pick and pop big as well as that athletic slasher, then Josh Jackson, to me, has the type of talent that is superstar talent. Excuse me. So it just remains to be seen. He's going to be a great defender. He's going to be able to guard, you know, probably four positions. Uh, he has the footwork and the foot speed to be able to close out on some ones and switch out on those pick and rolls. He can definitely guard the bigger twos and threes and even some fours. So, you know, I thought the Suns did well being able to get Josh Jackson. I think it was a great pick for them. And, um, you know, he's just another piece that they can add to that young team that they're, that they're building out there in Phoenix. Um, not quite sure the long term plans of that franchise, but they were able to at least get a a franchise-type, cornerstone-type building player in Josh Jackson. De'Aaron Fox, one of my favorite players in this year's draft, super, super, super fast, super quick, was very aggressive, as I stated, you know, really kind of put himself on a national map when 
his team, Kentucky, matched up against UCLA, and he was able to score 30-some points and just completely dominate that game. And number two overall pick, Lonzo Ball, um, he has blazing speed. I mean, super fast with the ball, something that he has in common with his fellow Kentucky alumni and John Wall. He definitely has the willingness to get up in you and defend, and he's super scrappy. And also what was very impressive was his leadership how vocal he was, how he was making sure people was in the right spots and how he was on timeouts, making sure they knew what they were um, coming out in um, on the on the free throw line, getting them set up in the next set on offense. And he just had a lot of energy, very positive, upbeat attitude. You know, I loved how, you know, after they lost that heartbreaking game in North Carolina at the buzzer, how passionate the passion was coming out, how he was crying and he was just – you could tell it just really, really means a lot to him, and he just really has that willingness to be great. Just like all the other players, and it's going to be kind of a common theme because when you're young, again, you're still trying to, to to build your game and improve your game. Nothing's perfected yet. So, of course, he's going to need to improve the jump shot. I think he has really good mechanics as a lefty, and he's just going to need to get those NBA reps and, reps and just adjust, you know, to the game. And I think he'll be, you know, more than fine. Um I think Sacramento got their point guard of the future. It's going to be interesting to see how they juggle the minutes over there because they did bring in veteran guard George Smith, excuse me, George Hill, which I didn't agree with because if you're going to draft somebody like a Fox as high as you did, you kind of want him to get those reps and kind of learn on the job. But at least he has a very solid veteran over there in George Hill to kind of help him get adjusted to the NBA game. So I like what Sacramento did, being able to draft De'Aaron Fox with the fifth overall pick. That brings me to Dennis Smith Jr. And I asked, started off by asking, is he this year's Steph Curry in the draft? And what I meant was Steph Curry, remember, went seven overall with people like Johnny Flynn, who's no longer in the league, going above him. And Smith had an unbelievable NBA Summer League. He was a social media Twitter sensation with – some of the athletic plays that he was able to pull off in summer league, even the missed dunk he had was probably one of the best missed dunks I've seen. And uh, his ability to just be able to attack the basket. Again, he's going to have to continue to work on a jump shot, but he already shoots it pretty well coming off the pick and roll. He makes pretty decent decisions um, coming off the pick and roll as well. And he has that kind of athleticism where he can be a two-way multi-dynamic uh, defensive player as well, being able to guard ones and twos, maybe some threes on some switches. And um, the reason why he dropped in the draft, because he was one of the top players in his class. It wasn't like nobody knew who Dennis Smith was, but he did suffer a knee injury. Um, he went to NC State where wasn't surrounded by the best talent. He was kind of in the same boat as Markel, Markel Fultz. And he kind of kind of developed, you know, some of those silly rumors. Is he coachable, um, his attitude, leadership ability? which um, I never heard anything kind of concrete. These are just some of the whispers and some of the propaganda that was thrown out during the draft. But as I said, I'm, I'm super high on Dennis Smith. And, you know, I, I think Dallas did a great job. They're going to give him the keys to the car right away. So he's going to be able to learn on a job super fast. They also, I noticed Dallas, I don't know if he was on the on the bench last year, but I noticed in summer league that they were able to hire God Sham God as one of their coaches, one of their player development coaches. And God Sham God was – one of the best point guards I've seen, he was just ahead of his time. He wasn't able to knock down the jump shot consistently, so that's why he didn't really get a shot in the NBA. But, 
you know, most people know him for the famous, you know, Sham God move, the yo-yo move. But Sham God Wales was really one of the best point guards I've ever seen. His passing ability, his leadership on those Providence teams that were really good Providence teams is is something that's going to really help Dennis Smith Jr. in um, trying to adjust to the NBA game this first season. He's had, you know, Dirk Nowinski coming back over there. Um, Harrison Barnes, who showed that he is capable at being a number one or a number two option on a, on a franchise. And I just feel like Dennis Smith Jr., with his athleticism, he has the, the biggest potential to be a super, superstar, has that kind of game, that explosive game that can possibly turn into, you know, an MVP-type game one day, multiple all-stars. So, I'm, as I stated before, I can't be any more ecstatic. I am super, super high on uh, Dennis Smith Jr., And finally, as far as this, this opening preview, uh, you know, Ben Simmons, I had to talk about him. I know he was last year's number one pick, but he missed the whole season because of the foot injury. And um, I, I, I love what Philly was able to do. It's just the biggest question for them is can they stay healthy? And with his passing ability, um, he's going to play a lot of point forward for them. And it, it works out well by them drafting Fultz as well because – um, folks can play off the ball as well. And if Embiid can stay healthy, the future is bright for them. Simmons passing and his size is off the charts. He's about 6'9", 6'10". He's a very good rebounder. And when he, you can take the rebound from the defensive end and don't have to do an outlet and push the ball at the court, that always gives your team the advantage on the offensive end. The question is going to be, can he develop a consistent jump shot? He didn't take one three at all while he was at LSU in college and uh, wasn't definitely his strength. I thought his form really needed some work. So the question is going to be after sitting out this whole year and getting, you know, some reps while his foot healed, is he going to be able to develop that consistent jump shot? Can he be a, a, a decent um, average defender as well? Can he guard his position? You know, he's going to be asked to probably guard some threes sometimes along with some fours, possibly even some fives, depending on what the matchups is when these teams in this new era like to go small. So, you know, most people think that Simmons is the pick to be um, the rookie of the year. And, you know, since we're talking about that real quick, uh, no, but first, before I transition to rookie of the year, I kind of wanted to talk about a few sleepers that I think is going to have a huge impact this year. And the first one is Malik Monk, who dropped all the way down to number, I want to say 11, and he was taken by the Hornets. And, I didn't understand why Sacramento didn't just draft him at 10 and pair him with De'Aaron Fox. I mean, that was your future backcourt right there. I know they had Buddy Hill, but, you know, him and uh, Monk and, and Fox played so well together at Kentucky, and it was the perfect compliment. You got the two-guard and Monk that could really stretch the floor, shot the ball well. I think he had almost – he had over 40-some points against North Carolina and Vegas, just making tough shot after tough shot. I mean, can just flat-out shoot the ball, whether it's off the catch, off the step back. So I'm really high on Malik Monk, and they needed another guard to kind of pair themselves over there with Kimball Walker at, in Charlotte. Don't know if Kimball Walker is going to be the long-term um, piece to that franchise there in Charlotte, but right now they needed the other two to go. So he's going to really get some minutes. You pair him also with Nicholas Batum, but I just saw that he's out for 68 weeks with a torn ligament, I believe, in his elbow. So that kind of hurt Charlotte, but... I think Malik Monk definitely has the potential to be a superstar. The fact that he already has an elite skill and shooting the ball at such a high level, 
I, I like the future. I think the future is bright for him. Another guy I was also impressed by, I didn't really see him play a lot at Louisville, was Devon Mitchell for the Jazz. I watched the, the, the summer league, and he was just all over the place, just a two-way guy, super tough, super scrappy, great defender. I think one game he had almost like 30-some points along with seven steals, great energy guy. And even though I know his name is kind of be – brought up in, in uh, the shoe controversy, but Rick Pitino spoke so highly of him, which is, you know, Rick Pitino really don't speak too highly of a lot of players like that. And I was just really impressed with Donovan Mitchell, and I think the Jazz did another great job being able to draft, you know, a, a franchise-type player kind of late. I know they have Dante Exum over there and Ricky Rubio, but, you know, we're going to have to see if, if Exum is going to be the future. But I think Mitchell's going to come in and contribute and give the Jazz some much-headed help off the bench at the point guard position, and possibly, who knows, by the end of the season, he could even be starting. Another impact guy was uh, Kyle Kuzma, who the Lakers took at the back end of the first round at the 27th pick out of Utah. Uh, another guy who's a pick-and-pop type big, but he's also athletic. He could slash. He has some really good um, post moves. He really, really turned heads in, in Vegas. And, you know, I didn't get to see a lot of Utah games, so I'm not going to act like I'm a big Kyle Kuzma expert. But from what I saw in the Lakers, he's definitely in the summer league is going to get some minutes this year. And the Lakers did a great job able to draft somebody that was this talented like this late in the first round. So we're going to be on the lookout as they, they bring in, as I stated, Ball, and they pair him with uh, with Ingram from last year. I, I like what the Lakers did in this year's draft by getting Ball and then getting Kuzma at the back end of the draft. In the second round, you had a couple impact players taken. Um, you had Jordan Bell, who was originally drafted by the Bulls, and then they just gave him away to the Warriors for cash and just shows you how some of these organizations are just better run than others. I mentioned the Celtics earlier, and the Warriors definitely obviously is another one. To be able to get a guy that is an athletic big who brings them some energy, some toughness off the bench. He also can run uh, rebound super well. He's a decent passer, can be a playmaker. I mean, he could have played for them this year in, in the finals. You could have put him out there and got some minutes out of him. He was definitely the heart and soul and backbone for that Oregon team that made it all the way to the championship game this past season before losing to uh, North Carolina. So for them to get him with the 38th overall pick in the second round was a huge steal. Also, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks at 46 was able to draft local product out of Maywood, Illinois, uh, Sterling Brown out of SMU, who's another guy who can shoot the three very well, can handle the ball, kind of a slasher, wing type, can guard the two to the three. So Milwaukee did a fantastic job in drafting him late in the second round. And Milwaukee is another organization that – you know, they kind of don't talk about like that. And of course, we all are crazy and high on Giannis. And, um, and, and, but we, we really don't see the type of program that they're really building and franchise really building in Milwaukee with Giannis being the cornerstone. They drafted well in the last few drafts by drafting last year's rookie of the year, Malcolm Brogdon. And I know they'll say last year's draft class wasn't you know, the best because you had somebody like Brogdon become rookie of the year. But Brogdon played well. I mean, at the end of the day, he played well. He was solid. He started for them in the in the playoffs. He was able to get those important reps as a rookie that's going to do nothing but improve and help him going forward. So with the Milwaukee Bucks able to get him and uh, Sterling Brown late in the second round, and they got Fine Maker last year as well. Uh, I like what I see out of Milwaukee. 
And I definitely think Sterling Brown is going to step in and contribute uh, for Milwaukee, especially with Jabari Parker coming off that, that ACL tear. And I'm not 100% sure when he's coming back. I don't think he's starting the season. So it's going to be big for Sterling Brown to step up and kind of give them some production off the bench. As far as rookie of the year goes, um, right now the, 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 the Vegas odds has – Lonzo Ball as the clear favorite at plus 225. I'm not going to lie. I don't gamble, so I don't know how these Vegas numbers work. So, But they do have him at plus 225. Dennis Smith is number two at plus 300. Ben Simmons is number three at plus 500. Jason Tatum, number four, he's also plus 500. And then rounding it out is Markel Fultz at plus 800, followed by De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, Josh Jackson, Jonathan Isaac, who went to Orlando, Justin Jackson, Laurie Markkinen, who was drafted by the Bulls, and John Collins is the guy, last guy on the list. For me, I'm going to have to go with Dennis Smith Jr. Like I said, he was by far one of my, if not the, my most favorite player out of this draft coming out. Um, they, like I said, in the when I previewed him, they're going to give him the keys to the car. So he's going to be able to put up the stats and the numbers. And also, they should have enough wins where – I feel like it's his MVP to lose. I think after him it's possible to see Ben Simmons getting that spot because he's definitely going to get the reps as well and definitely can have the stats. Um, I don't think Jason Tatum is going to have enough minutes to really warrant that. And I think Markel Fultz is going to be overshined a little bit by Ben Simmons. And um, Ball, again, he's a very good player, but he's not going to put up those kind of stats, those mind-blowing stats. And I just think with the way – Dennis Smith Jr.'s athleticism jumps off the page. I mean, if he gets a couple of those in-traffic dunks or breakaway dunks and he's able to back it up with about 17, 18 points a game with like five or six assists, possibly four to five rebounds, I feel like it's his Rookie of the Year award to lose. So that will pretty much bring this episode of the Off the Glass podcast to a close. You know, the Rookie Edition just had to come in and just – you know, preview the rookies real quick. And um, of course, remember, you can always follow me at ZJ at Off the Glass on Twitter. That's ZJ at Off the Glass on Twitter. The email address is Off the Glass at the Off the Glass Podcast.com. That's Off the Glass at the Off the Glass Podcast.com. You can also go over to iTunes, like, subscribe, download. Is under the Off the Glass podcast, and I also have it on Spreaker, which is um, hosting me as well under the Off the Glass podcast. Check out all the sites. Make sure to like, download, any comments, any show ideas. I'm all ears. Thanks for listening. I'll bring this one to a close. Stay safe out there. Peace.
Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.